Welcome to Tilth Talk Radio. Today our topic is boron, as we continue our look at micronutrients. In our spotlight, we're going to be looking at crop insurance for nitrogen misses. And we'll wrap things up with some cool beans. That's corny with some current events. With me today are Bill Schomburg. Hey, guys. Max Garvey. What's up, everybody? Todd Schomburg. Hey to all the Tilthies out there. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. Well, big game is done. Rams are Super Bowl champs. Matt Stafford, first year out of Detroit, gets the Super Bowl. So I don't know if that says more about Detroit or Matt Stafford, but... I thought that game was, like, oddly fun because you didn't care who won, really. Yeah. And it just, you just sort of watched it to... It was a pretty good game. Games. I mean, the second half lagged a little bit, but, yeah. I mean, for the most part, it was... It was fine. It was yeah, a competitive it was game. Like, it wasn't it was a blowout. Okay. Yeah. It, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't boring. It wasn't great. It was just, it was okay. There was nobody super unlikable on either side, which makes it a lot easier. Well, yeah, and Dominican Sue isn't with the Rams either, yeah. so... Yeah. There's a couple of guys in the Rams going in I didn't like in the first place, like OBJ and Aaron Donald. Well, OBJ tore his ACL. Yeah. So. You knew that right away. Oh. As soon as, as soon as he's, he's, yeah. And I blame that on Stafford because he threw the ball behind oh, OBJ. And like <laughs> yes. he had to like pivot to catch it. And then he, so if he would have threw the ball in stride, that doesn't happen. No, is that the same one he tore last time? Yes. Yeah. So tough break, kid. But what do we really watch the big game for? The commercials. Yes. And Max, they, Max they had... Uh, Max's new theme song. Yeah. My new theme Good to see Kenny G still around. Still finding a way to make a few bucks. Playing the jazz flute. Got to make that money, man. Did you like have Bushlight having commercials, or is it weird now? Like, Max, you can't have. Hey man, you can't. Uh, they they won't forget where they came from. I know Bushlight won't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I can trust them. They're not selling out, guys. They just they just want to bring their uh, they just want to bring that distinct flavor to more people. That's all. It's not a big deal. Price will come down. The sales will be better. Price will come down. See? We're going to make cheap beer cheaper. <laughs> well, at least with the the conglomeration that is like all American beer is pretty much under one umbrella. You don't have to worry about getting sued from Coors over the mountains thing. So This is true. This is true. You got to look at the positives, you know? Yeah. Does Coors is separate, though, for them yet, isn't it? Kind of Miller Coors and then... Anheuser Busch uh, and like I thought a couple of years ago that, that it all became one kind all of thing, yeah. yeah. Like InBev and because what was SAB, SAB yeah. yeah. Like they one bought the other or they merged yeah. or something. Like I don't know that there really is a outside of marketing rivalries an actual difference, difference in ownership anymore. Yeah. I could be wrong. I'm not going to swear to it, but. I'm just expecting a song now next time I open a can. <laughs> You're going to be singing in your head. Kind of like when... Now, that's the tech we need. Somebody to figure out how to put those little, like, greeting card sound machines <laughs> in a beer can. So when you crack it open. For the right price, I'll follow you around and sing it every time you open a beer. <laughs> Give you enough beers, you probably will be singing. Yeah, that's true. One that's for true. me, one for you. Sing away, Max. Yeah. That's right. We also had a Rocket Mortgage commercial that was pretty good. 
alert from Rocket Homes. She did? Well, it's a super competitive market. Everyone wants to buy the dream house. Better offer Betty. I'll go 10 over asking. Cash offer Carl. Straight cash. House Skipper Skipper. Let's tear it to the studs. You vultures, you're going to start a bidding war. This is less than ideal. Oh, no. Don't worry. Barbie has a verified approval that shows her finances are backed by Rocket Mortgage. So Barbie wins. But we need a house. Oh, I found a fixer-upper castle on Rocket Homes. Good bones, but really bad neighbors. <laughs> I like his vibe. Brings me back to my youth with the He-Man castle there. Castle the of Grey Skull. Yeah, Bill definitely the, had that. Castle like made of the Grey Skull. I have no idea what you guys are talking. Yeah. That made the commercial. Yeah, He-Man, come on. Oh. Castle Grey Skull, and then was Snake Mountain was Skeletor's, right? I think so. I work with a bunch of old guys. Man, <laughs> this is crazy. What you thought was a Barbie commercial turns into Rocket Rick Mortgage. mortgage. Which I prefer over Barbie, so it was and, creative. And then the ultimate kicker is He Man. Yep, and then have He Man in the end. By the power of Grayskull. Jones! Jones! Jones. Woo! <laughs> Jonas? Yeah, it's keeping up with the Jonases now. Try to keep up, whoever you are. Stay ahead in the all-new Tundra. Yeah, I like that one with the Joneses. And as just this morning when we were talking about it, like half of us realized that that was Tom Jones singing, singing in the background. So it was, that was good. Full of Joneses. It's a hidden Jones. Hidden Jones. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Jones. I was hoping Aaron Jones would yeah. show up. That would be sweet. They needed more Yeah, Joneses. we were trying to think of what, what other Joneses you could yeah, throw in there. Catherine Zeta-Jones. James Jones. James, yes. Jones. Yeah, Sean Jones. Jones. Packers, actually, Jones. Yeah. Sean Jones. I'd like to actually see, see a Tundra do that. Like, like you know, you had, the ni- you had the Nissans a couple years ago landing planes and doing barrel rolls. Oh, they had the Frontier pulling the space shuttle, remember that? Yeah, one? I mean, that's legitimate. I, I could foresee that happening, but going up mountains, I don't know. Toyota says you can. It's in their commercial. I'm sure there was fine print up there at the end saying, yeah, don't yeah, actually do this. but And it can't do this. It's just a commercial. Yeah. yeah. Jeff's old Tundra probably could have, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That thing was a beast, actually. That was like one of the first year models, wasn't it? Yeah, it's the old, like in 06, they did the change of the body style. And like before that, it was kind of more of almost like a car type of, kind of. I mean, it was still a good truck. Now they're, you know, now they're full, full size truck. What did you guys think of the QR code bouncing around? Stupid. (laughs) It was very random. Did you click it? Do you think I clicked it? No, I don't. I thought it was better once you and I talked on Monday, Todd, and you showed me the office Connection. Did then you I thought it make was, the connection right I, away, Matt? I did, what yeah. it was from, yeah. yeah so okay. it's from a like the show, The Office, and they watch like a a DVD screensaver with this little like a box bouncing around, and that's what the QR code commercial was. And then you're supposed to. It was on there a long time though. It was like probably a yeah. Minute, I think it went for almost a minute. Yeah. Full minute commercial of just that, and we yeah. we were eating supper at the time, and we like. We always turn the TV off at supper. There's only a couple of times that we'll allow the TV on, and that's Packer games and the cool. Super Bowl. And the kids all turned, and they're just mesmerized by this changing color of this QR code. And we're like, what is this for? You know? And it, it, like, the 
the like second blip at the end of the commercial where you actually figured out what it was, but no, we didn't we didn't run over and I heard that like the website like crashed like, oh, right after oh, the commercial because really? yeah. everyone was QR coding. There. Yeah, there was some giveaway for it was Coinbase or one Coinbase. Of the I think it was fifteen bucks in free crypto, and then you could win. Did you take three, a photo? Three of million. That? You did it. I I did just to see what it was. Because I'm like, all right, it's gone long, long enough. <laughs> like it, it's not going away. Like, yeah, I wonder how much of their A/B testing. They're like, okay, thirty seconds, not yeah. enough. But we a full minute of this, yep. like, people are gonna like yeah. do something about it. It's probably not a hard commercial to produce, well, or but, but just the cost of putting it on. Yeah, right. right. The, the, the time slot like is yeah. That, but like, the yeah, they didn't there. have to pay anybody to no. be on it. They didn't, they didn't have to pay. They blew their wad on uh, on the time to have the commercial so right. they didn't have anything, anything for their else. actual commercial yep. budget. How so do you not have like your servers ready though for that? You got to know it's going to like, I mean, I guess when how, you do you, how do you test it? million people potentially going to do gonna, that? Yeah, that's true. You just, there's no way to even have it. So here's the clip from the, uh, the, uh, the show, the office where they watch this sort of DVD logo in a boardroom meeting with Michael Scott. Screen. It bounces around all day, and sometimes it looks like it's heading right into the corner of the screen, and then at the last minute it hits a wall and bounces away. And we are all just dying to see it go right into the corner. Pam claims that she saw it one day when she was alone in the conference room. Okay. <laughs> I believe she thinks she saw it. I saw it. I saw it, and it was amazing. No, it's bland. It's never going to happen. Dude, Here's what I was you've got to believe. Maybe we could have some sort of riddle. Wait for it. Like something that you have to look for. for Sort of a where's Waldo? Oh! (laughs) All right. All right. Let's quit while we're ahead. That was so awesome. That was awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Some days I am just on fire. It did it. So yeah, that was the clip of like he's in the boardroom doing it, and then it hits the corner, and everybody just cheers for that and walks. He out thinks of the it's his idea. <laughs> yeah, he thinks it. it's what he's talking about, but yeah. it's not. Not it's so cool. So would you rate him like average overall? All the commercials of what you normally see, yeah, nothing like earth shattering. There's no agriculture like ones. Yeah, there wasn't year. anything like, this year. So that was hard. I think it's like interesting that. that now they just release like a whole bunch of like there there weren't as many surprises as there you, usually are because they for just for what they paid to be on it you would want it yeah. to be a surprise and not like oh I saw this one already I'm gonna just walk like away. the Alexa one I don't know if you guys saw that one that no. one they released before the Super Bowl and it's Colin Jost and Scarlett Johansson if Alexa could read your mind okay but yeah like some of those saw early the Matthew McConaughey balloon one I think I saw early too yeah that was, was out. Yeah, it's just like they don't wait and like build up the suspense. Or the one year Miller Lite did the uh, the High Life guy, rest in peace, whatever his name was. Um, I remember that one. It was like the delivery guy. You know, Wendell, Wendell Pierce. Oh, yeah, when that guy was the... Oh, right. Yeah. He passed away. And, but they had like a, like this big build up and then it was just like him for... Him saying something for like a couple seconds and then it blipped off. Wendell Middlebrooks. Or Bro- Middlebrooks, yeah. Wendell Pierce is a yeah, actor. Okay. So, yeah, Wendell Middlebrooks. He was the act, the other delivery Wendell. driver in the commercials. Yep, yeah, yeah. passed away. You're getting a, you're getting a fresh, cold, 
full of Miller Lite. Yeah. Or Miller High Life. Whatever it would be. Yeah. So. And B- Bill, are you sad about baseball? Yeah. They're, they can't get out of their own way. Yeah. They got to just. It's baseball, man. That's what they do is they get in their own way. Whose who's fault is it? Like the, so, so there's a baseball lockout, and the pitchers and catchers are supposed to report this week. Yeah. And that's not happening. So No, they're not. Like, if that doesn't happen, obviously the season's going to be delayed. I think at this point, you can't expect way. even the season to start on time. And but it, it's just a continuation of baseball's inability to be successful. Like, they just set themselves up for failure, like announcing their, their Cy Young winners and their MVPs and stuff like that. They do it in the middle of a Sunday night football game. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, yeah. you have no chance... You know, and their their all star game they schedule that at a poor time usually. Like they but just we're don't. baseball. We're America's pastime. <laughs> Everyone <know>. loves us. <laughs> the past part is becoming yeah. a little yeah. bit too. I mean, like Bill and I love baseball, and it's becoming irrelevant. And it's hard that's to the watch hard part that. is I. I'm wondering too. Like I heard this morning, like if they start later and they only get like 150 games in or 140 games, like. There's always been talk 162 is too many anyway, so like the, maybe this would be the condensed COVID season wasn't a lot of fun. That, that was too short. Too, it was too short. That was but it was 60 some 60, games? yeah, yeah. But I mean, like somewhere between 60 and 162 would be good. I think. Right. I don't. What is, I, what is bas- basketball's long. 82? 82. Yeah, it, it, it should, should be, be like 130 ish. You think that many? Yeah. They got to make money too, but yeah. yeah, and that's why it'll never go down because they still gotta be able to. Think of if you take revenue. away games, you're going to not necessarily gain revenue by that. Yeah. So, I don't know. So. Do you lose that much, or do you have a sellout at more games? You know what I mean? Do you have a, right. Right. No, Although, I, do you lose more of the but it's like, t- but quarter TV stadium? And all that stuff. Yeah. Because you got to remember, they pay, they, pay, they pay the same number of people to be on staff for a Monday game as, yeah. a, as a Saturday right. night game. So, I mean, you're those Tuesday games, Tuesday at noon, you get they just got to hemorrhage money on those games. They yeah. have to. Whose fault is it? Like, is it the players not wanting, or is it the owners? I think it's the owners because they're billionaires anyway, right? Sure. I mean, so you have should. to have a lot of money to own these. I don't even know what they're really like fighting about specifically. Is there I think like, it's the piece of the pie. I guess just, I really kind of locked it out the because CBA I'm like, just screw this. Like, yeah, tell, call me when you're going to actually. Play get on the field play, yeah. like i don't even care about you guys arguing back and forth and hard part is these like union head like the union head doesn't like the commissioner and it's just it's an ego trip for them too like to not they don't want to concede to anything but in the end the players are only there for so long and it's some of it's too like salary cap salary floor like there's some argument like some of these bad teams should have a salary floor Oh sure, you know because they're they're only like, you know Baltimore and Pittsburgh. They're only spending thirty million or whatever it is, and these guys on the Dodgers make more. Yeah, than whole yeah, team. The whole do. team. Yeah. So it's just, it's just because of all that. It's just a cluster F. You know, yeah. it's just they just need to play because, like you said, Max, they're not football. They'll never be football, but. When you're not the top, you can't screw around. I think they need a new commissioner, honestly. I think I think that's part of the problem too, is he's just not he does such a bad job. Like he you know, he makes all those decisions and he just makes the wrong one, I feel I don't know. 
It, the fact that if you took a picture of Mike Trout on the street and asked people to recognize him, so, nobody would. Nope. And that's and the, the face best, of baseball. He's the best player in baseball. And yeah. Nobody, know, yeah. nobody, nobody knows, knows who he is. You know, so... Everybody hates Roger Goodell, though, and they still manage to yeah. make the NFL right. go. He, they hate Roger Goodell, but, but he makes the decisions. That, no, and I would say yeah. is that's what's crazy is that product just sells itself. Like, that's what apparently people really want. So uh, they can't screw it up where baseball, I mean, like... We've been begging for faster games in baseball for right. ten years, and so far we have. You guys can smoke weed now. Congrats! <laughs> well, that's well, not. It, what we're... And they try silly things like let's limit mound visits. Or, no, or it's a... every time these guys step out of the batter's box and like, look at what Ryan Braun used to do. Like he had seventy-two different oh things God. he did after every pitch, and that's what drags it out. It's no. not the extra mound visit. Ooh, whoopee ding! Oh the. Uh, no changing pitchers or the limited yeah, you yeah. Gotta, changes. Three, that does not matter. Three, they got to face three, three batters, right? Yeah. Or that, end of an inning. That is yeah. not what's slowing down the game. No. Not even close. But but you're going to get universal DH now, so... Yeah, again, stupid. Why, we don't <laughs> care. Like, that's not what we want. We we want the games to be shorter. Like, that's what we care about. Get it done in two and a half hours. Even three is okay, it's these four and change yeah. on a Tuesday afternoon that's just like, oh my god! Yeah, you go to a seven oh five Brewer game, you want to be out by ten. Yes, yeah. not quarter to eleven, quarter after eleven. And there's a lot of times that, oh yeah, it's it's hard. Like in the summer, like you know, we obviously get rolling early. It's hard to stay up and be a good Brewer fan because they play until midnight or eleven or whatever. I mean, opening day at Miller Park. Is still you know electric and fun and and all that stuff, but in July, come on. You said Miller Park. I'm well aware of what I said. <laughs> <laughs> it will be Miller Park for the rest of my life. Yeah, no, it it is, and it just doesn't change fast. No. Never has. A bunch of schlubs in an office in Seymour talking about how we can fix baseball, <laughs> but it's a frustrated baseball fan, you know. That's right. And Max, you got to be excited. Big weekend. Yeah, big weekend. Big big yeah. weekend. It's a beautiful. You and Max are getting married? Yeah. I'm married. Yeah. I don't think it's dumb, though, like Bruno just said. Yeah. I mean, by now, you're not making a dumb decision. Well, if I am, it's on my <laughs> own not, fault because anyway. I've, I've had enough time to think about it. So, yeah. No, getting married. Try that out. See how that goes. <laughs> are you getting, like, Try just, that. like, super excited so or jacked, I, like, before I, uh, a big wrestling match? Or no. Or what you feeling Well, right I don't know. I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited, but I also... I have this. I have my dad's genes where when I'm throwing a party for people, it's got to be perfect, you and I'm not going to gonna relax till the last person walks out on Saturday night. Sure. I'm going to be tense and make. Oh, is is their drinks cold? Is, no, do they, does everybody have enough food? Is it? Did they everybody get a piece of cake? Like stuff like that is going to drive me. That crazy. That day goes so fast. You're not even. It's just going to be a yeah, big blur. blur yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. Party just party planning's in the it. genes, so like it doesn't. It's super hard. Like yesterday morning, I was. You guys don't know this, but I was in here at. 4 30 or 5 o'clock yesterday morning because i couldn't sleep so i was like well i guess i'm just gonna go to work now <laughs> because i just yeah there's so many and we're actually doing good like we're kind of done last last like night you're ready yeah. yeah like last night we pretty much we got like one or two little things left to do we pretty much finished up last night so but the first plane lands at noon today with guests so Ooh, or 11 11 so about an well, hour about an hour from our recording time we'll what be, was the biggest decision between the like 
What was the hardest decision between the two of you that you had to make? Um, postponing for COVID. That sucked. <laughs> yeah. That was COVID really sucked. For but that stuff, wasn't yeah. really that. We didn't really disagree on that. Are you glad you did? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I believe. Oh, it. yeah. I mean, it's no, gonna I, be it's gonna be what we want now, right? Right. Know? Last year at this time, you're gonna have well, and, 25 people there, and we couldn't even. You know, it actually was okay by the time we would have got married last year. Like it kind of calmed down a little bit, but you have to decide that in October, oh, right? Right. And when we had to decide it, oh my god, it was bad. Yeah, that's when it was just starting. To, yeah, because people started getting back inside. School was back, and it just it took off. So we had to decide. I mean, you have to decide six months out, yeah. basically, or four months out. So. um I th- one of the things we disagreed on most was probably deciding music for different things, like because you only have so many songs that you can use, and you can't use the same. You know, you can't use the same song in the church and at the reception for something. You know what I mean? It's kind of cheesy. So, trying to pick enough, and we like country music, so trying to pick enough country songs that are fit the bill. It's yeah. Is it a DJ or a band? A DJ, DJ. I uh, the D- band I really DJ like Jazzy Jeff. Not, no, the actually the place we do it, they have their own DJ. So oh, yeah, that's oh, cool. Nice. It's really nice. They'd, actually, I, the and I didn't realize this. The last wedding I was at, my wife said, "No, it was at the same place where Max is getting married." I oh. was the DJ, and it was cool because they got like TVs now, like all around yep. playing stuff. Like they, you know, because a DJ comes and he sets up his little area. Well, since it's the whole hall has a DJ, like the whole hall is, yeah, so has lights and he, you know, like he told us that when we when we booked our wedding, he's like, "You guys can call your own DJ, you can get your own band, but like we have our own." It's probably band. smart for the DJ to it hook is. up with. Um, he's got his own. Yeah. He's got his own limo. He's got his own. I mean, every the guy who owns the place is the DJ. Ah. So like he does, and he does it all. So like you <laughs> could do your whole wedding through him, like every step. He will tell you how vertical to do integrated right, right. places now. I, didn't but I mean, know were... we got back in the car after we looked at it the first time, and we were talking about it. And my dad, who has had his hand in a lot of weddings, said, "You know, you may, you know, he may may or may not be a good DJ, but I can tell you one thing: his sound system is going to work. You know, you're not going to have this guy who comes in and he can't get the sound to work and all that stuff. And so he's like, that's one headache you can check off your list because you know he knows how to run everything in the building and how to set up. So. Yep. Yeah, no, it's fun. I'm excited. I'm um, I'm really excited. I'm, but I'm ready for it to be done too. It's a lot of screwing around. It's a lot of screwing around. So hopefully everybody has. A good it's time. a lot of planning for a very quick day. Yeah, it goes fast. That you don't. Fa- and, um, I I did have to get through to Sierra a little bit. Like it's this isn't for us to enjoy anyway. So don't I, get too nervous about what you want because well, it's not for you. Don't get to. What color are the napkins, Siri? You're nobody's not even gonna, gonna know. Care. You're on the head. Ta- you're on yeah, the head table. Like cared. you don't get. Yeah. You get different. You know, about, like the food, we can have whatever we want at the head table. If I want a cheeseburger oh, really? and French fries, nice. I can have that. <laughs> yeah, like the the dude. The dude's cool. He's like, you guys are paying a lot of money to have your wedding here. If you want cheeseburger and French fries, we will bring you cheeseburger <laughs> and French fries. Damn. So. How life has changed in the last yeah. twenty years. <laughs> I will. I won't because at at weddings you have chicken dinner. That's how it works. But. Just for anybody out there who's asking, weddings have chicken dinner. And trust the guy who, the venue, trust the guy at the venue because he's done way more weddings than you. Right. So just, <laughs> yep. We're happy for you, Max. Yep. Thanks. Right. Thanks Congratulations. Good luck. Yeah. All right. Let's get into our topic for today. So we're talking boron today. So Max, what do you got for us? All right. So our, our next micronutrient is going to be boron. Um, so boron is plays a major role in cell wall biosynthesis that primarily influences me- the growth factors, including root elongation, tif- 
tissue differentiation, pollen germination, pollen tube growth, and cell membrane functions. It's a lot of big words there, but basically development is kind of what we're yep. kind of what we're working on. Um, boron exists mostly in dicotyledonous plants within cell wall components. Boron is also known to function in several metabolic pathways. Cellular organic matter is the primary source of boron. Boron becomes available for plants as organic matter decomposes. Plant available boron exists in the soil solution primarily as an undissociated boric acid. Corn, beans, and wheat have very small response to boron, while alfalfa has a, one of the best responses. So, so what I see there, Max, is if you have alfalfa and you're on sand, you better apply some boron, right? Correct. Yep. That's what I. That's what I kind of kind of think it too is. Um, you know, we talk about it and we tissue test like corn and beans sometimes and we can find boron deficiency, but at that point there isn't really a response in the plant putting it on in, in season. Once you find the deficiency, we don't seem to have a whole lot of, um, what we talk about economic response. Um, alfalfa on the other hand, if you take a cutting and then can put out some boron there, you can hopefully rebound and have, have a good response on that next, that next crop of alfalfa. Which is yeah, which other, is a good thing. The other spot I'll throw it in too is on um, on corn at pollination. So you're talking yep. about pollen germination and pollen tube growth. Like that's perfect timing on the corn to throw it in there. You do got to watch that you don't. You can kill corn. Yeah, right. You can right. do it the other way yeah, too. So yeah. like it's a it's a very hard. You can't be excessive with this one. So it's a, that one I always struggle with. This is like a fine line of too little, too much. I think. I think your safest bet with boron on, on on corn is probably to put it down at planting with your starter. Mm-hmm. Do a do a starter mix that has some zinc and boron in it. Probably is your safest bet. And um and an alfalfa you can do it. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of alfalfa boron or I should say foliar applied boron products now. Yeah. Um. Yep. So and, I mean, and the, a lot of it you put like ten pounds actual boron in with your mix. Of potash, yep. and the newer ones are Aspire or some of these products where it's already mixed into yep. the to the potash. And I, do you guys have a preference of those or seen what sort of works better or not? The 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 theory and the science behind the Aspire, where every granule of fertilizer has some boron in it, versus like if you think about, I'm going to put seven pounds per acre of boron in this fertilizer tender truck or this fertilizer spreader and just the Imagine percentage the, or the, the amount of prills, the, the distribution is going to be, yeah, yeah just you get one, one per couple square feet. Right. And yeah. And it's, it is very mobile in the soil. So that's good that it kind of, it should move to the plants that way, but that's still a long way to expect it to move. And it's different in alfalfa because the root system just isn't as robust as grass or corn or yep. something of that nature to, to grab that. So I like it that way. And I don't think the cost of it really is prohibitive. You know, it's pretty... No, no it's not crazy. <laughs> not when everything else costs this much this year as far as right. potash and all the right. other inputs. It's, it's yeah, Those micronutrients didn't really go up in price all that much from I, what I see. <laughs> they have, <laughs> but it's not in... Not, yeah, not, not in proportion not to like the rest that. of and, it. And obviously the amounts you need is so much less. So that a year like this, even, they're yeah. even more important. I mean, you talk about putting on 10 pounds yeah. to, to the acre. I mean, think about that's... Ten pounds. The biggest thing yeah. you kind of watch too, though, with boron is it can it can affect germination, right? Yep. So, watching it on seed, you know, zinc is put on seed, but not so much boron. So you kind of got to watch that when you're when you're throwing it out there that you don't want to be 
putting it close to a seed to germinate. Right. Um, so we talked, obviously, talking about boron. It is a micronutrient. Um, as far as plant mobility, it's immobile in a plant, so it doesn't move inside the plant. And then soil, it's very mobile. So, you know, very, very mobile, and that would make sense because it becomes it comes from breaking down organic matter. So, I mean, it, it basically can be created in the soil, okay. essentially. So mobility makes sense. And another reason why we should be testing for it every year and putting it on every year if it needs it because it is mobile and you're not sure right you don't know how much it's going to still be there right um and then as far as some soil tests here when we talk about parts per million so in a uh, soil texture one you're looking at half to one part per million that's optimum that's not a lot no that's not a lot um and that two and two and four soil codes it's it's uh, nine tenths of a part per million to one and a half parts per million, and then texture three is one point one to two parts per million. So not a lot. It doesn't take a lot to get the job done here. Well, and, the, and the ones in the code is that's sandy. It's sand. So and then, yeah. yep. And then a two is a loam or a clay, and a three is your heavier, mucky type organic soil. So it makes sense that those would have a higher soil test because yep. it's in that organic matter, right? So, yeah, so boron. Um, and then as far as deficiency, um, you know, alfalfa, we want to look for chlorotic and stunted plants, right? Um, I think there's a nice picture here that you can't see through the podcast, but we've all seen what this looks like. We know kind of kind of what boron, severe, I mean, this would be severe boron deficiency. You can see Almost that. Almost turns kind of reddish, pinkish. Yeah. yeah. Like oh, a white leaves. reddish, yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty ugly. It, tur- it turns into a poinsettia. Um <laughs> And then in corn and soybeans, it looks really similar to a lot of other deficiencies, you know, like your nitrogen or your phosphorus deficiency. It, it kind of mimics that, you know, kind of yellowing and, and wilty. So you should really use a tissue test to determine in your corn and soybeans uh, more than... Alfalfa is a distinct pattern with this red, but the uh, corn and soybeans are pretty similar to a lot of other ones. So recommend a tissue test to determine boron deficiency in corn or soybeans. Most of the time, my corn and beans were putting it on as a full year, right, as a liquid form. Yeah, get with something else. Some guys that fertigate it with the, yeah. the yep. nitrogen, or it's interesting. Like guys that want to push yield sometimes bring up boron because corn warriors. Those guys are putting on every every pass probably right. right they're putting on probably like three gallons of liquid per year or something, whereas. Guys that are doing liquid around here probably aren't doing more than a gallon, even or half gallon. No one with manure more common, you yeah. know, Wisconsin. I think we right. see some of these always covered. So that that's always a struggle I have with how much do you need? What what do you you know where where do you really see it? But I do see on my high yielding corn when you do tissue tests, you know, boron is one that's always kind of in that low. You know, like it's right it's in the optimum line always. It's just kind of like oh we could have got more, but. It's hard to get in that plant too, and especially when you need it there. It's hard to get it in there. We just fall into that into that. Tra- I don't want to say trap, but kind of a trap of oh, we got manure, so we don't have to worry about it as much. I mean, that does happen, um, but I don't know. I I don't think you're gonna if you have a solid manure in your system, or if you have a lot of manure in your system, you're probably not gonna see a whole lot of deficiency. Not solid no, manure. Not solid manure. If you have a solid <laughs> amount of manure in your system. You know, not not I have five steers and six hundred acres. Like you know, if you're working, if you're a dairy with you know yeah. two hundred cows, I mean, you're gonna have you're gonna have real manure in your system, and you probably don't see this deficiency. All right, so there you go. 
especially when dealing with alfalfa, but also can be effective in a, other crops if it is de- deficient in your soil, is boron. So keep an eye on that. Now we'll move into our spotlight for today. So new from USDA, they're offering a pilot program. They're calling it the PACE Pilot Program. It's offering supplemental coverage in crop insurance for corn producers unable to apply to post-apply nitrogen. So risk ma- USDA's Risk Management Agency will offer the Post-Application Coverage Endorsement, or PACE, Crop Insurance Pilot Program for 2022. So it's providing supplemental coverage for producers unable to post-apply nitrogen in the two- to three-week V3 to V10 corn growth stage due to weather or field conditions. Could have used this three years ago <laughs> and four uh, years the, ago. The probably This is probably a result of two to th- three to four years ago. They, right. It's, it's just finally coming out It's catching out up now. finally, yeah. Yep. So introduce, interested producers should speak with their crop insurance agent before the March 15th, 2022 deadline to apply. So if you're in a wetter area and concerned about it, that might be something to look into with your crop insurance. This is exciting news. I would say this is like our first, you know, we've always talked about potentially having nitrogen insurance in a way of, Mm -hmm. you know, as far as rate goes, like, hey, is there, because people even say that when we're talking about applying nitrogen, sometimes they use, you know, they use the words, well, it's like an insurance for, you know, like to make sure I got enough out there. And there's been talk of finding, having, you know, private business do that or in, in this, you know, this case through the through the government. And if we could find a way to say, yep, apply this rate. And if you needed more, you know, they'll pay you for what you would have lost in, you know, down the road. So it's an insurance for not being able to apply your insurance. The, yeah, this right. one's for a timing one. So it's a weird, yeah. But it, but. I think this hopefully starts some newer think, types of insurance. Your supplementary really insurance. For your <laughs> it's your F yeah. yeah. I, th- I think this is cool, and I hope it works. The saying V three to V ten that gives you a pretty good size window That's to work with. Window. That's yeah. a big window. What yeah. I think is going to be hard is figuring out how to pay people and make sure they were in the right state. How can you prove that you couldn't get out there? Well, you know how long... They must have weather. You know what I mean? Sure, you have to provide weather weather data or something. But you know how long it takes for the insurance to show up sometimes? You know, if you were were planning to apply at V8 and insurance doesn't show up for three weeks and you're past V10 and they say, well, we don't know that you... You know, that kind of stuff. I feel like that's going to be a sticky, sticky spot. But... Crop insurance is a sticky spot to begin with, so I guess you don't really have to. But it, we've it, had it, it though, where it gets hot and rains a lot at that stage, and it grow. You know, it's growing quick. It, yeah, last so, year. Oh, she shoots. In yeah. last summer, we had those high ninety-degree days in June. Corn shot like a, a weed. Yeah, I mean, it was growing like crazy. I wonder how you work in like the like the co-op took too long to get here. Like how True, that works. Right, right. Like that factors to. in. Yeah. Right. yeah. It is a pilot program, so it's available to producers with non-irrigated corn in select counties across Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Minnesota, Michigan, Nebraska, North Dakota, Ohio, South Dakota, and Wisconsin. So it says select counties may not be in every county. Uh, they will increase county and state availability if the plan, uh, it, and it's a plan if the pilot program is successful. So. We'll see what happens. Wisconsin is one of the pilot states, so it could be available in your county. The, the counties of Wisconsin are pretty limited. Crawford, Grant, 
Iowa County, Lafayette, Richland, Sauk, and Vernon. So, so southwest. southwest. So yeah, it's kind of Jinx. down there. More. So the the heavy Corn Belt area, right? Because uh, Iowa, Nebraska, and Southwest Wisconsin. Is it Southeast Minnesota too? Well, we want no, we don't have. We yeah, don't, I don't know where don't Minnesota, know Minnesota counties are. But it's yeah, it's in each state. It's about ten ish counties. So I wonder if they picked certain ones. Except where for this Iowa, is more of a problem. Okay, yeah, Iowa. It's like I think Iowa, Iowa might be the whole state. <laughs> I wonder yeah. if it's based on like corn acres too. You'd think they yeah look at corn acres and weather. A lot of Illinois too. But. So I think it's mainly going to be starting to protect just the main, the heart of the corn belt. I guess is the well, and like you said, man, it's a it's a pilot program, so I'm sure they yeah, couldn't. Widely They're not going to cover everybody in, it do, it under does, the pilot. It doesn't make sense to put the pilot program north of 64 in Wisconsin where there's only 200 what? acres of corn all <laughs> year. You know what I mean? I mean, you don't, you're don't. you not going to get a very good test run at it. So they're going to pilot on a few counties, and if it works, they'll just... Then you can go on north of 64. Yeah. Cool. Well, good. Thanks, Max and Matt. If you're an avid listener out there, we appreciate you. All we ask is you tell a farmer friend about the podcast. He's going to say, how do I find it? And you say, search Tilt Talk Radio on your Apple Podcasts and on your Android phone. We like Podcast Addict, Podbean, or Player FM. They're all really good players, and there too you just search Tilt Talk Radio and it'll pop up. And so please subscribe. Just hit the subscribe button. And there's also a way you can listen on your computer or smartphone in your browser. You just go to tiltegg.com slash podcasts. And to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, go to at Tilt Talk Radio. You can tell your regular friends too, not just a farmer. No, friend. we want every farmer, every farmers friend. only. Down, farmers down, only. Down, down, no, <laughs> no, you don't have to be lonely <laughs> yes. with FarmersOnlyPodcasts.com. <laughs> no free ads. No. Don't forget okay, Amazon Music too. Hey, yes. also available. So all everybody on this podcast is going to be married by the end of this weekend. We don't need Farmers Only anymore. <laughs> yeah. Farmers only podcast. We're gonna start our own oh. our own website. No no relation to the dating site. Alright, we'll wrap things up then with our cool beans and that's corny current events. So cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. All right, our cool beans. Farm boy to the Super Bowl. Kansas kid plays key role in the Bengals run. So Darren Simmons isn't your typical Kansas farm kid. He grew up in extreme southwest Kansas. The farm field... It's extreme southwest Kansas. It's, I'm just reading the okay. article, Todd. <laughs> I didn't write it. Back I, off, Todd. No. Tyne Morgan did. So he must be really, really on the tip. on the edge like or something. Yeah. Riding the border. Right now. Uh, where his roots were planted growing up and where those roots are still firm today while he's conquering oh. his NFL coaching dreams... In Cincinnati, he still actively farms when he's not on the football field. His, so his so it's Elkhart, Kansas, is where he's yeah, from. Yeah, it is. Got it is extreme. The southern boundary of the town of Elkhart is the Oklahoma Kansas line. So there you go. So yeah, he was, it is extreme. He was this close to being an Okie from Pachoki. And then it's and and it's probably it looks like it's about a mile from the border with Colorado. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. He grew up in a corner. Maybe a little more than a mile, but still not, a not very far. State. Kansas Spring, because uh, Jordy Nelson's Kansas, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. There's like more football players from Kansas. Football, fo- for the size of Kansas, it definitely represents in football, I feel like. 
So he was a kicker and is now a special teams coach for the Bengals. Could have used him. <laughs> <laughs> we he got did, one. Yeah, Bengals, we got a good one. The Bengals kicker is awesome. Yeah, he he doesn't Except even have to kicked, go in for halftime. Except when he kicked for uh, against Correct. us. But yeah. That was a weird day because our kicker wasn't doing so well no. that day either. It was the game of misses. And he actually still farms. Like there's pictures of him on here during harvest. So yeah, not just ah. Uh, he his parents had two cows when he was a kid. He they're real farm. Well, hopefully his farm is doing better than this team did during the Super Bowl. So hey, like everybody else, he had to go get a job off the farm to support the farm. <laughs> <laughs> just happens to be with the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. Hey, they were in it. They were. No, they, they had a lead up until... They had one the drive they couldn't close. Five minutes or so. I sure thought Burrow was going to at least tie her up, but... I thought they'd at least get, get him a chance to kick a huge, long yeah, field goal. Just, just like our Achilles heel lost our playoff game, their Achilles heel of their offensive line, which everyone was talking about all week, yeah, lost them the game. And I saw a meme last night. Was Aaron Donald offsides on fourth and one? Yeah. Okay, hold on. The picture that you saw is not from the play that was fourth and one. That's from like the first drive. Okay, of the so it was game. earlier. Yeah. So it's a yeah, it's one of those okay. internet I things where too, uh, well, and it's the same like if you notice the everybody's complaining about um, I don't know if it was Havenstein. One of the Badgers was like false started to on the and like. Our guys have been doing that all, like the Packer guys were doing that all season. They like, said the whole old line, yeah, like false start. Well, then it's not a false start. If right. He just snapped it a little late. But yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was. But yeah, the, it was one of those things where the internet got a picture and then just decided, hey, we're going we're gonna to run with this. And yeah, because I didn't remember. I mean, I remember watching that play, but I didn't see replays of it or anything. I'm like, was he? Like, that's. Yeah, so. But yeah. All right. Our That's Corny is not that. Our That's Corny this week is the Asian Longhorn Tick. It's marching its way into 17 <laughs> states. Yeah. So it's a lovely looking thing. Not if you look, look up the Asian Longhorn Tick. Uh, it's kind of, so what kind of pest can move into a country and sweep across a third of it in only four years? The Asian Longhorn Tick. Native of Southeast Asia, this tick's present. Was f- presence was formally recognized in the U.S. in 2017 in New Jersey. The tick found, was found on an imported Icelandic sheep and confirmed by Rutgers Center for Vector Biology. So by last September, CDC had confirmed the tick is now present in at least 17 states, which include Arkansas, Connecticut, Delaware, Georgia, Kentucky, Maryland, Missouri, New Jersey, New York, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, South Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia, and West Virginia. So thankfully not Wisconsin yet. But they are nasty. The, the amount of them. Yeah. They said like one blade of grass can have, what is it, like 8 to 10 or something crazy. Yeah. And then like there's a picture here of an animal infested with them and it's just like. You usually don't find one. You find them. lots. Yeah. yeah. Yummy. They don't carry any diseases as of right now that are really detrimental to humans, but they, they do have one that can be. Kind of nasty to cattle, but the the crazy thing about these is that they they're not a one generation per year. So like the ticks we commonly know are one generation a year. These can have multiple generations in the same. It says they can produce so one thousand to two thousand eggs at a time. So if you get three generations, that's up to mm-hmm. six thousand ticks from one tick in a generation. 
or in a year, I should say. Right. So m- multiple. I mean, we we talk about pests all the time, right? Multiple generations in a year is where the where the real nasty ones come from. So yeah, keep an eye on that. Don't make sure you don't get covered in Asian ticks because they're nasty looking buggers. Ugh. It's bad enough when you get one tick. All right, that'll do it for today. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks for having us, Matt. This week we talked about boron and its effect in on plant growth. Big one in alfalfa, but can be supplemented in other crops too where there is a deficiency. Spotlight was crop insurance pilot program coming out this year for nitrogen misses. If you didn't get that citrus nitrogen out, you might have an opportunity there for crop insurance. Our Cool Beans was a Kansas farm boy. Is made it to the Super Bowl with Cincinnati Bengals as their special teams coach. And our That's Corny was the Asian Longhorn Tick, already covering a third of the United States and hopefully not finding its way to Wisconsin anytime soon. So thanks for listening, and as always, happy farming.